0: Hey everyone, this is Natalie Saturay, your makeup artist and beauty coach here, and today's episode is all about makeup for mature skin. Whether you have mature skin, whether you work with mature skin, or whether you're just genuinely curious about what makes mature skin different in the beauty industry than others, I think that you're going to find this episode really enlightening. I invited an industry leader with over 30 years of experience, Sonia Roselli, onto the show. She needs no introduction. If you're a makeup artist, you already probably know who she is. You probably already have some of her products in your pro kit. But for those of you who don't know, I cordially invite you to tune into this episode and get ready to learn all about makeup for mature skin. You are listening to the Be Your Own Makeup Artist podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Saturay, former military officer turned professional and award-winning makeup artist and educator and author of the book, Be Your Own Makeup Artist. This podcast is for makeup enthusiasts, makeup artists, and everyone in between. I share insights about the beauty industry, invite industry experts, and try to keep the content more about makeup education and less about buying this or that. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, everyone. I wanted to let you know about my book, Be Your Own Makeup Artist, the same name as this podcast. My book I wrote in 2019 after years of putting together diagrams and documents and tips and tricks for makeup beginners, for those of my clients who had no clue how to wear makeup. And now I have a 114 page full color book, perfect for visual learners. There are no age, gender, race biases in it. It is written completely inclusively. That was always very important because, you know, I believe makeup is for everyone. Also, I'm not pushing any brands. Nope. This was a self-funded book, which means nobody... Paid me to talk about what products to use. It's all about the tools and the techniques and the learning about how to wear makeup. It is available in hardcover and paperback. You can get it at a lot of the big retailers, but if you get it on BeYourOwnMakeupArtist.com, you'll also get my free essential tools for makeup guide, and it has all of my favorite products that I love and use and I think are great to have, and don't worry. There's no bias in there. So if you are a makeup beginner, if you know a makeup beginner, or if you teach makeup beginners, this is the perfect book for you. Head over to beyourownmakeupartist.com, go grab it, and you'll be on your way. Okay, back to the show. Hey, everyone. This is Natalie Setare, your makeup artist and beauty coach here with another episode on the Be Your Own Makeup Artist podcast, episode 29, to be precise. Whether you're an aspiring makeup artist, a fellow pro, or a beauty enthusiast, I'd like to welcome you to the show. And I must say that this episode has been the most requested topic of 2020, and one thing has never been more true. The demand for makeup for people with mature skin is huge, and the beauty industry keeps forgetting about them in their marketing and product development. This is no bueno. So when I invited Sonia Rosselli onto the show and she wanted to talk about makeup for mature skin, I couldn't have been more excited because let me tell you, she is an expert on this topic. If you're a makeup artist, then we already know Sonia needs no introduction. But in case you didn't know, Sonia is the queen of skin prep and the name behind the cult favorite Japanese-made luxury skin prep line, Sonia Rosselli Beauty. She's also the founder of Glossable Network and Glossy School. An esthetician by trade and with over 30 years of experience in the beauty industry, Sonia specializes in makeup for women over 40. One of Chicago's top makeup artists, she is known for flawless complexion work and eyes that kill. Not a fan of social media trends, Sonia specializes in classic looks that you'll never be embarrassed of when you look back in photos in 20 years. So whether you have mature skin now or work with mature skin as an artist one thing is certain we will all have mature skin eventually and getting to learn how to do makeup from Sonia for mature skin is a real treat so without further ado I'd like to welcome to the show Sonia
1: hello how are you I am so good I'm so excited thank you so much for having me on the show I am really excited too this is one of my favorite topics
0: I am so glad because this has been no joke. I've gotten more questions and more requests for doing classes and lessons and blog posts on makeup for mature skin. And when you said this is what you wanted to talk about, no joke, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best because I know I'm going to learn a lot.
1: Wow. You know, it's funny that you say that because I feel like that. No one is speaking to us. So that is good to hear that makeup artists are considering, you know, a woman of a certain age when it comes to doing makeup, because let's be honest, it's not the same technique that we do for the younger skin, is it?
0: It's not. And actually, I think I have a lot of listeners that aren't makeup artists, too, and they are very confused about what to do.
1: Well, I'm confused too, and I'm a pro, so don't feel bad, people. (laughs) You know, I think the reason that they're confused is because an entire society of the beauty industry has told us this is what we're supposed to look like, right? We have to do 45 steps to our face just to do complexion. And that isn't really the case. You know, it's really about finding what works for you and... You know, for women over 40, when you apply that much makeup to the skin, it just accentuates the fine lines and wrinkles and, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to show it off. Right. I think I have a really
0: good first question, but before we get into that, I just want to let you know, on the record, I was introduced to you informally, and I'm at London. I was taking a masterclass there, and there was a sweet little makeup artist At my table who could see the desperation of wanting makeup artist friends and she's like you need to join glossable and so i was like what is glossable what is this it's one of your groups on facebook and i know you're on mighty networks now and i just want to let you know that that changed everything for me because i joined it i found my people i joined all of the groups all of them that you had and like for the first time in a long time i found my tribe and there, I've made two really close friends, Nika Ambrosik and Katrine Levi. Nika was on the podcast. We talked about capsule makeup bags in episode 14. And Katrine, we talked about sanitation in episode 17. But she also edited my book in German. And that's because of you and the community you've created. There was no way I would have made it without, like, just the connections that you made, Sonia. So... It's a small world. Everybody thinks it's like this huge community, but it's not. And it's because of people like you who create this.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: So let's go back to the topic. What is mature skin in the beauty industry? And what is mature skin? Because I think we all have these ideas of what it is. And I know I have mine, but for the context of our conversation, like let's define what we're talking about when we're talking about mature skin.
1: When I was in esthetician school, they told me that mature skin was skin over the age of 25. So if that's the case, then I'm a fossil. So, (laughs) you know, at 52, what is mature skin? So my best friend is 60 and she looks like she's 40, but I also know 25 year olds who look 70 because either they didn't wear sunscreen or they didn't moisturize properly or they had bad skincare rituals. So to me, mature skin You know, I don't like to put a number on anything. To me, mature skin is the health of the skin. But I guess in a clinical textbook sort of way, maybe mature skin starts at the age of 25. Because usually 25 is when we start to think about, you know, and I hate using this term anti-aging products because there is no such thing as anti-aging, right? We're all gonna age. If we are blessed and lucky, we're all going to age. But we do start to think about that because the beauty industry has told us that's what we need to start caring about. To me, I look at it and I approach it more of like the health of the skin, what kind of radiance the skin can you know, look where it's ageless and it looks healthy for whatever age that you are. So I guess that's kind of a roundabout answer of like, you know, who the hell knows, but you know, I guess mature skin for me is really anybody over the age of 40, because that is definitely when I turned 40, that is when I started really noticing a lot of changes in my skin and then once 45 hit it was like literally i woke up every morning and i was like where did that guy come from and then when i hit 50 it was like what and so you know i think it's just really just depends on the individual and that's kind of how i like to base it because everybody's skin is so different Mm,
0: i love that question number two i have where does one start when it comes to applying makeup on mature skin and then we'll get into what are some of the most common mistakes you see both makeup artists and mature makeup
1: wearers making obviously there's two things that I love for people of a certain age i don't even know if i like the word mature but i'm going to go with it cuz i don't know what else to call it seasoned we're seasoned right we're seasoned One of the biggest things that I can tell you is that when we start to get older, the skin texture itself starts to change. And that was one of the biggest things that I wanted to do when I was creating my line, Sonia Roselli Beauty, was skin prep. And... One of the things that how I really started to notice a trend was when I opened my makeup studio, I would do facials on all of my clients, you know, and moms of the brides would come in as well and do trials too before the big day. And I would do facials in my treatment room before I would do their trial applications. And the difference that the makeup looked on skin of all ages, but especially, you know, more mature skin was that the makeup just looked instantly better because, you know, as we start to age, we kind of lose some of the color in our skin. We start to look a little bit more sallow And our skin is very dry, dehydrated a lot of times. The skin's texture starts to change. And really, when you're a makeup artist, one of the things that I tell people all the time is that makeup is a play on light. And that's all makeup is, is how light reads on the face. And when your skin is hydrated and plump, it reflects light differently. And that is why when you know, I was doing the product development. I was like, well, I don't have time to do facials on people when I'm on location, working on weddings and things like that. So what would be the first thing that I would do? Well, exfoliation is one of those things that I would see in my chair all the time, right? Because two reasons. Number 1, when your skin is exfoliated, your makeup is going to lay better. And number 2, for pro makeup artists out there, when the skin is exfoliated and you're working in good light, you're able to get a true color read on the skin so that you can actually color match foundation so much better. So that was the first product that we launched and it just kind of evolved into that and I'm like you know i want people to have exfoliated skin and a mini facial before makeup because it's just going to help everything lay so much nicer on the skin and then we came out with you know water balm water elixir and water oil and it just helps the foundation go on so much better especially for mature skin and Speaking of mistakes, you know, what mistakes are people making? And I think that's one of the biggest things is they're not prepping the skin before makeup. You know, a lot of times people would just put primer on there and primer just basically is a film former on the skin. So if you've ever put primer on the skin, that is a little bit to what I call goopy. When you apply foundation on top of it, your foundation is just going to slide everywhere and you're not going to get the coverage unless you're doing stipple techniques. And it's just going to be a little bit of a mess. And so that is really key when it comes to You know, choosing what you're going to prep the skin with. But most importantly, too, it's not your foundation, it's your skin prep. And a lot of times, what I find, you know, women making a mistake, no matter what the age, is they're always choosing the wrong textures of foundation. They don't know how to shop for foundation because they watch YouTube or whatever, and the latest influencer is kind of, you know, talking about the latest foundation and things like that. And then they buy it and then they get it home and they're really, kind of like unimpressed with it. And it's usually because, you know, is that texture super matte? Well, I don't know. For a lot of people, that super matte texture is not gonna look good on a more mature skin tone that is dry and dehydrated. It's just gonna suck up all the water content and it's gonna read flat on the skin. So between the texture of your foundation and your skin prep, that's really the key of getting a really ageless beauty look and you know a little cream blush never hurt a girl so <laughs> i am going to rewind
0: really quick because i don't think everybody knows the first product that you're referring to which is sex appeal oh
1: sex appeal mhm yes
0: by the way i mean i've gotten people here in europe addicted to it but yes the exfoliation your product is amazing you do a really nice skin prep Tutorial video and I'll make sure to link it so that if you're confused about anything that's on said You guys can watch sign up to get on her email list and then watch that complexion video what you do It's so good with all of your products Again one of the things that I also like that you said Everybody wants to kind of skip they just want that quick fix they want to put that primer on They're being sold to that. They need all of this stuff Like, you need this foundation, you need it. And really, it always goes back to the skin. It always goes back to the skin. And it gets kind of old as makeup artists. Like, we always are like, well, what's your skin type? And they're like, but I love matte foundation. Like, what's your skin type? And people don't even know. They think they know. And they don't.
1: One of the things as a pro makeup artist, I will say, and again, it kind of goes back to what we said earlier, you know, someone 40 could have really amazingly beautiful skin that looks really youthful. They could probably pull off a matte. Maybe they're a little bit oily or maybe they have, you know, a texture of skin that can pull it off. So I think that that is kind of one of those things that, yeah, matte isn't you know, the greatest for a lot of skin over the age of 40, but it could work for some people. And I think that's what I kind of want to drive home is that not everybody, not all beauty products are the same. And honestly, as a pro, I do like matte foundations because I like that it's probably one of the most versatile products that I can actually kind of do a little mixology with, you know, I love to mix a little water oil in with a matte foundation or water elixir or even water balm and make almost like a tinted moisturizer, you know, with it. So when you are a pro makeup artist and even the non-pros out there, have a little fun, you know, take that matte foundation that maybe that you are not in love with and mix it with a little skin prep and see if you can't change the texture and find a texture that's right for your skin.
0: What do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see yourself or someone you used to be? Updating and up-leveling your image is not a luxury. It's an investment, and it can be written off as a business expense. How you look determines the first impression you make, and more importantly, it plays an enormous role in how you feel about yourself. When you look good, you feel good, and when you feel good, you can focus on your work, without worrying about how you look. For years, I've been working on Create Your Signature Look, a service for entrepreneurs and high-performing professionals. Over the last month, I've built it into an entire 12-week program with my friend and super talented wardrobe consultant, Tammy Parrish. Create Your Signature Look is a one-on-one virtual transformation,
1: including eight hours of live online individual makeup and style instruction with natalie and me we're only offering this program twice a year so visit www.createyoursignaturelook.com today for all the details and if you're quick you can get in on early bird pricing again that's createyoursignaturelook.com
0: Don't put off making this investment any longer. You deserve to let your intelligence, personality, and ambition shine, and create your signature look will help you do that. I see a lot of younger makeup artists putting on makeup exactly how they put it on themselves. I mean, they're doing all the things that they would do on themselves as a 20-something, on like a 60
1: or even 70-something. I've seen this. You've seen it. We've all seen it. You know, we covet what we see every day, right? And when we look at bad work, and I'm not necessarily calling the Instagram look bad work, it's probably not the best work for certain people. When you paint the way that Instagram teaches you to paint on the skin can age someone and it can look very harsh. There's so much science that goes on with makeup artistry from color theory to color of the skin, what colors look good on people, placement, you know, all kinds of things. One of the bad things about social media is that we've kind of put everybody in this, what I call cookie cutter looks. I mean, it's not like we haven't talked about this a million times before, but I think that that takes all of the fun out of makeup artistry. You know, one of the things I don't know if any of the listeners know my friend Vivian Baker, she's an Oscar winning makeup artist. And one of the first things when we became friends that we noticed that we had a lot in common was we actually love to look at our clients for a few minutes before we actually paint the face. You know, we stare at them. We like, okay, what are their best features? Oh my gosh, they have great lashes. Oh my gosh, they have great brows or great eyes, or they have amazing cheekbones, you know, and then we look at those things and we kind of create something in our head that is something that's uniquely them. And we don't follow a formula. I feel like that's the death of creativity as a makeup artist. And it's sad because it's kind of like, you know, when we're looking at things to buy for our home or clothes to wear, we always look at what we see and we're like, oh, we want that, we want that because we're all usually visual creatures and we like that look. But I find a lot of times when people are looking at makeup artistry on models, they're not really looking at the makeup. They're looking at the person wearing the makeup. That person's beautiful. You know, you could put like mascara on them and they would still be beautiful and you'd want that look, right? I find that I tell makeup artists all the time, you know, why don't you look at good work? Read Vogue, read Harper's Bazaar, you know, go to Behance. Behance is one of my favorite things to go to, to kind of see the different artists that, you know, are doing makeup that maybe don't have huge social media followings because they're busy working instead of, you know, being an Insta famous celebrity. And train your eye to see different things. And when you're thinking about mature makeup, look at people like Jane Fonda, Helen Mirren, even Jennifer Aniston. Look at how they wear makeup and see how they do it and just train your eye to see a different way. Because I'm going to tell you, if you do makeup on a lot of people who are over the age of 40 and you do those really heavy, heavy makeup looks, not only in person is their face going to crack off, they're going to look 20 years older. And the thing is, I tell people this all the time. It is not our skill set. It's really how we make people feel. And if you make someone feel beautiful doing that, then okay, there could be a lot of people out there that want that look, you know, but if someone were to do that to me, I'll just give you my experience. If someone was to do that to me, it would make me feel bad because it would just be like, holy cow, I'm aging, you know, and can't wear makeup like I used to. And it would just make me not necessarily feel bad about myself, but these are the things that we as women tell ourselves in our head, too, right? That, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> I can't wear that anymore. And it does make us feel less than thrilled. And so, you know, if you were a makeup artist out there and you're kind of stuck in what I call, you know, one speed, you know, look at other makeups and just look at the client and see what you can pull out, what beauty features that you can pull out of them and make them feel the most beautiful. I love that.
0: So you have your own skin prep line that is in so many professional makeup artist kits because it is so versatile for so many different types of skin and for so many different utilities. And you can do so much with it. And I also know that you consult sometimes with cosmetic companies on product research and development. So you kind of know your stuff, you know your ingredients and things like that. So can you share some of your favorite ingredients?
1: Yeah, I can talk about one of my favorite ingredients that is not used as much as it should be, are ceramides. And- <laughs> I could talk all day about how social media has trained all of us to use 500 products on our face and then wonder why we have a broken skin barrier. I think that our routines should be kept very simple. I don't think we need to use a Retin-A, a a Retinol, 5,000 facial scrubs, exfoliating facial cleanser, and then wonder why that we're having breakouts or redness and things like that. So I'm of that school and that mindset that less is more. So I do believe, honestly, I know this is probably the worst thing for an esthetician to say, but I think our skin sometimes does better when it's a little dirty. (laughs) I mean, I had a great teacher in aesthetic school, great Polish teacher. I think she was Sedesco certified. So this will tell you how old I am and how long I've been in the beauty industry, but I really started noticing a lot of problems with skin happening in the mid-90s when retinols and retin and AHA's became a thing where you could buy it over the counter. You know, back in the day, when we first were in the beauty industry, you could only do that in the treatment rooms. And then when everybody could, you know, do their own skin... Then we started seeing, you know, all this kind of redness and skin barriers, things that look like contact dermatitis because the skin barrier is broken and it's freaking the you know what out. And so it's like, it's angry at us. And so a lot of times, you know, when people would come into my studio in Chicago, they would be like, I'm having some issues. There was three things that I would tell people to do. Number one, wash your makeup brushes every day. Number two, start with a great cleanser. So many people think that just because you're washing it off your face, that you don't have to think about a good cleanser. And you really, your skincare routine is all about a great cleanser. Because if you strip everything, then you're just setting yourself up for a mess. And then the other thing is basically rinsing your face in the morning. Not even washing it, because if you've washed it the night before, why do you really need to wash it in the morning? So I've cleared up so much skin just by those three tips. And people were like, I can't believe my skin. And they're like, why would you think that, you know, you shouldn't wash your face in the morning? And I'm like, you know, because sometimes the skin needs to be a little dirty, (laughs) it just does better, especially anyone who is prone to any kind of sensitivity. Now, obviously, again, not one size fits all. If someone has an issue that that would be better to cleanse their face in the morning, that is always something to take into consideration. But for the most part, I just find that those three things are like the best. Those could be like your best top three beauty tips, Roselli. So... <laughs>
0: You said one of your favorite ingredients is ceramides. I know I've seen it. I think I know what that is. But to those of us who are like, what's ceramides? You want to elaborate a little bit?
1: Yeah, ceramides are basically, it helps rebuild the skin barrier back. So it's an ingredient that really helps that cell structure rebuild itself. So that's why it's one of my favorite ingredients in skincare. And I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) As someone who has worked in marketing for cosmetic brands, you know, a lot of bigger cosmetic brands put what I call marketing ingredients in their products. And so they're not functional ingredients in a lot of products. So you could have 0.001% so that they can make the marketing claim, but it doesn't actually do anything. That's one of the things with us. It's like, we want it to be functional in some ingredients, you don't have to have a ton of it for it to be effective. But when you get a product that is relatively cheap, usually those are just marketing ingredients to make you feel good, or they're not the best quality of ingredients in that category. So, you know, I do like things like ceramides, but you know, the other thing about ingredients is I always say that when someone is a cosmetic chemist, that right there is not only a science, it's also a beautiful art. And I think that's why I'm so drawn to the Japanese skincare because not only do they use functional ingredients in a lot of their products when they formulate, also. The way the textures feel on the skin, it feels luxurious. It feels like a special time, a time when I was first coming into the beauty industry of when getting ready felt special, right? And so I always kind of say that cosmetic chemists are just like chefs. You could have the same ingredients and the same recipe, but it's the chef that actually puts it together that makes it really special and it makes it feel really good when you apply it.
0: You know, I have makeup artists on the show and I ask them their favorite hack or their kit hack, but I'm not asking that. I'm
1: asking what's next for you? Whatever COVID can get us launched first. I have several products in the mix. We were supposed to launch a lot of things last year, but obviously, you know, in Japan and Korea where we make the bulk of our products, they were the first to get hit with the COVID and the production lines slowed down and things were just not moving. Just for an example, it takes nine months for me to get bottles now. That's how crazy it is because everything is just in flux. But we have a few new products that are on the horizon. One that I'm most interested in that probably will get launched first. It's not quite as exciting as maybe a new skincare product, but we are coming out with a skin prep brush. Because one of the things that I love to do is apply my skin prep with a brush And for my pros out there, I feel like this is one of the things that doing working in COVID is going to be really important. Now, obviously, you can't use sex appeal with a brush, but that's one of those things that I would probably tell someone to go into the bathroom and exfoliate their face themselves. But then the rest of the skin prep, I would do with a brush. So that's coming. We also have a heavier moisturizer that's going to be almost like water bomb, but on steroids, I guess you could say. And then we also have an eye cream that is an eye cream prep product. One of the things that I find with eye creams is that when you use them as skin prep, they can tend to be a little too heavy, which can cause your mascara and your eyeliner and things like that to kind of run and you get what I call the panda eye, (laughs) you know, where you all of a sudden you see your black mascara all underneath there. But we are in the final development stages. I am working with Italy with that and also a bed prep eye cream, one for day, one for night, because that's really how we should be thinking about eye cream. Because at night when our skin heals and when we give it all the love, that's when we want to use that heavier eye cream, especially for those of us with You know, seasoned skin. And then the other thing that we have coming out and it is in production now are sex appeal pads. So things that are like a daily resurfacer that is gentle enough for sensitive skin so that you can travel with them because I think traveling is going to open up. We kind of put that on the back burner because obviously no one is traveling when we were going to launch it last year. I'm like, well, let's put this on the back burner for now. And then Hopefully, in the next two years, maybe in the end of 2022, early 2023, we are coming out with concealers and foundations. We have just finished the formula for the foundation. It is so ridiculously good. It is so ridiculously good. But here's the thing. I can tell you this, but I'm afraid that it's going to cause shade, but... Just trust me on this. We're only coming out with 12 colors because we don't need 45 colors. We need 12 of the right colors and good undertones. Many years ago, Vivian and I were in Italy working with the lab and we were looking at how they were color matching foundation and they were color matching in blue light. And I'm like, how are you creating color for foundation when you're not working in proper light? So all of the foundation colors that we're going to be working with and developing to get the undertones and everything correct is going to be using the makeup light to make sure that the color is perfect. But the thing about it is, and this is for those of you who are a little bit older, and if you remember back in the day, when we used to go shopping for foundation colors, foundation colors were ugly in the bottle because skin tones don't always look appealing. I don't even know if that's the right word, but sometimes the colors can look a little off. You know, maybe there's some olive in there. And what happened was several years back, they started making foundation colors that looked pretty in a bottle, but yet they don't work on the skin. And so I see brands all the time with a thousand foundation shades, and there might be five in the whole entire lineup that I could use without having to mix. And so, you know, this has been a real problem in the consumer side of the industry, not so much on the pro side, because a lot of us pros still use, you know, the old school brands where the colors are good. But consumers really do have a hard time finding really good undertones. They're either too yellow or too orange. You know, where's the olive in all the foundation colors? you know, the deeper colors with the correct undertones. And there's a lot of complexities in skin, but we're making it way more complicated than it needs to be.
0: I want to thank you for your time today and being so generous with all of your advice. Last but not least, I'm going to link it in the show notes, but where can my listeners connect with you? Where do you hang out?
1: I hang out a lot on Facebook in our Facebook group and in our Mighty Networks. So we have a Facebook group under Glossable. We also have our Mighty Networks, which is glossablenetworking.com. It's like a Facebook group, but without the algorithms. And so this is where we can have a little bit deeper conversations without being spied on. (laughs) And then you can also find me on Instagram at Sonia Roselli Beauty and our website, SoniaRoselli.com.
0: Yeah, everybody needs to go follow you. If you're a makeup artist, join Sonia's group. Sign up for her coaching programs and all of her schools are amazing. And until next time, everybody just stay healthy and stay beautiful. That was just such a good conversation. I can't get over it. I adore Sonia and I adore how she just shares so authentically and so openly and also in ways that just really are uplifting and helpful. Can I get an amen? Amen. Anyways, if you love the show, I would love it if you could just tell your friends about it or someone you think might be interested. Those little gestures are the way to help the show go on and bring in more guests. And of course, reviews are great too. So if you have the time to go over to iTunes and leave a review, it means the world to me. And of course, screenshot it, tag me on social media and I'll, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're staying healthy. I hope you're staying safe. And I hope that you are loving yourself right now. That's like, all I want is for everybody to know how beautiful they are and how they are so loved even if they don't feel that way. So I just need to put it out there. I can't wait to spend time with you next month, the first Monday of the month, new episodes drop. And until then, stay beautiful.